And a very good Monday morning, afternoon, evening, everybody. Joe Beningo, the Yoda Pain Podcast. It is Halloween, October 31st, 2022. The Joe Beningo Yoda Pain Podcast brought to you by DraftKings, by Anita Discount Tire, and by, of course, the Hackensack Brewing Company. Just a dreadful, disgusting, brutal day yesterday at the Meadowlands. And uh, I was at the game yesterday, and again, I was reminded why I really don't like to go to these games. But, you know, we'll we'll get into all that and, you know, why I don't think the Jets have any kind of home field advantages. Now they're 1-3 and three at home and 4-0 and oh on the road. And everybody's going to talk about in this game the terrible play of Zach Wilson, and he was terrible. He threw three interceptions, you know, basically every one of them he was kind of throwing up for grabs. He stunk. The offensive line stunk. It looked like he, you know, Zach was running for his life, you know, just about every play. The special team stunk. Uh, a missed 45-yard field goal by Greg Zerline. A terrible kickoff to start the second half that gave the Pet- uh, the Patriots the ball on their own 40-yard line. Uh, a, a big punt return by the Pats that set them up deep in jet territory. Nothing on a return game. Just one fair catch after another on punts by Braxton Barrios. Just a terrible, uh, a shanked punt by Braden Mann. Just a terrible performance by the special teams as well. And the defense, even though they played well, they had six sacks of Mac Jones in this game. Uh, they had a couple plays, you know, where they had a, another uh, a sack of Jones, strip sack where he fumbled, and the Jets, of course, didn't recover it. There was also a dropped interception by C.J. Mosley that would have negated a Patriot field goal. I believe it was the final field goal that Nick Folk made, by the way. The Jets should have never, and I say this over and over again, ever gotten rid of Nick Folk. He's the best kicker they ever had. It's not even close, okay? Not even freaking close. The best kicker the Jets ever had was Nick Folk. How many big field goals did he make for them back when he was kicking uh, under Rex Ryan now, you know, uh, 10, 11 years ago, whatever it is. And, of course, he winds up with Bill and doesn't miss a thing. But we could talk about all of that, you know, and all these different things you want to talk about, the quarterback obviously is the big story. He was brutal. This game comes down to one play. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, there's one play that changes this entire game and maybe changes the entire rest of the year for the Jets. And that's the roughing the passer call on John Franklin Myers late in the first half. Wilson had thrown the first of his three interceptions. The Patriots had the ball deep in Jet territory. And Mac Jones, who stinks. I mean, let, let, let's be honest about it. Mac Jones isn't any good. Mac Jones throws a pass out to no. I don't have no clue where he was throwing the ball. There wasn't a Patriot anywhere near it. Michael Carter picks it off and basically takes it 85 yards for the touchdown. That looks like it puts the Jets ahead 17-3. But no. But no. A roughing the passer call on John Franklin freaking Myers. And that changes the whole game. And maybe it's changed the whole year. And look, was it roughing the passer? Uh, probably, maybe, I don't know. But I ask you this question. And I said this at the end of our show on Saturday with Evan. I did the last hour by myself. The last thing I said as we got ready and talking about the Jet game coming up the next day on Sunday, I said, watch out for the officials in this game. Watch out. Because the Patriots get all the calls. And Belichick, you know, he's going for this 325th win to go by George Hallis and be second only to Don Shula. 
you know, and they want the Patriots to be relevant too. Let's be honest about it. Okay. I don't care what you could tell me to the cows come home. Well, you know, it was roughing the pass and the officiate, whatever. All right. That changed the whole game. You knew when that call was made and the Jets didn't have that 17-3 lead, you knew the game was over. It deflated everybody. You could the, the fans just booing constantly. I forget, I, I forget who the referee was. Was it Jerome Bogar? I think it might have been him. Okay, that called this ridiculous roughing the passer. I ask you this question. If it was reversed, if it was reversed, and Zach Wilson, let's say, threw that pick to Devin McCourty, who only intercepted three passes yesterday, how much can't you stand that guy? And he's, you know, he's from up here. He went to, uh, uh, what, what's the high school he went to up? I can't, St. Joe's, right, in Mobdale. My wife reminds me, okay? Rutgers guy as well. Three picks in the game, okay? If it was reversed, and Zach Wilson threw that pick to McCourty, and he takes it to the house, and you have a similar play where Zach gets knocked down like, you know, a nanosecond after he releases the ball. Are they throwing the roughing the passer flag there? I ask you that question. Are they throwing that flag if it's the other way around and it's going to be against Belichick? You ask, answer that question for me. I wonder what the answer to that would be. And that changed the whole game. And I tell you right now, I knew they were dead. I knew there was no way. Even though the Patriots only had a field goal after that and it was a 10-6 game, the Jets still led at halftime, you knew they weren't winning the game. You knew. You knew they had no shot. That was it. That changed everything. And if that play stood, there's no way the Jets are not winning the game. They would have been up 17-3 at halftime. They would have never lost that football game. It would have been a totally different game plan in the second half. No doubt about it. And that wasn't the only call that ticked me off yesterday. Earlier in the game, Mac Jones is running. It's about a third and four for New England. And by the way, that's one thing about the defense yesterday. You know, how many big third downs, especially early in the game, that the Patriots had? I mean, you know, even though the defense played pretty well, I mean, that did happen. I mean, they did convert on all these ridiculous third downs. But it was about a third and four. Jones scrambles out of the pocket. He's running for a first down. C.J. Mosley hits him about a yard short of the first down. Now, Jones isn't sliding here. He's basically going head first to try to get the first down. They throw a roughing penalty flag on Mosley, giving the Patriots, of course, the first down. They eventually get a field goal out of that. That's another one. And then later in the game, the second of the three brutal picks that Zach Wilson threw, okay, was that in bounds? I think it was McCourty again. It looked like he was out of bounds when he caught the ball. He had his like he had his knee on 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 the sideline marker. They looked at it for a second. It looked like like they didn't even look. They didn't even take any time to look at it because they review all the turnovers, and they just said, "Oh, the play stands." And I talked to a few people who were you know home watching the game and said he looked like he was out of bounds. Yeah, I heard even Charles Davis on the uh, uh, on the broadcast on CBS said he was out of bounds. So they get that call too. Belichick gets all the calls. You can say whatever you want, okay? And I hate the officials. You know that the officiating in the NFL is terrible. They have too much control over a game, and you saw it again yesterday, all right? You saw it again yesterday. Now, was that roughing the passer on Franklin Myers? Well, maybe, but maybe it wasn't. And again, would they have called it if the situation was reversed? I really wonder. I really do. But that aside, okay? And one other thing, too. After both of the plays that I just uh, described, the play with Mac Jones where they called the penalty on C.J. Mosley, the play on the interception by Carter where they called the roughing the passer on Franklin Myers, 
Remember this, the following play, both the immediate play right after those two plays, right after those two penalties were called, they threw a holding penalty on the Patriots. Both times. Like saying here, well, we knew we screwed up. We knew we hosed you on those calls. So here, we'll give you a 10-yard penalty. They did that both times, makeup calls. Those are makeup calls. That's what they were. Go back and look at it. Right after the play with Jones, right after they gave him that personal foul on Mosley, next play, holding penalty on the Patriots. After the roughing the pass, the call on Franklin Myers, next play, holding penalty on the Patriots. Give backs. Here. We knew we screwed up. We knew we hosed you. Here. Here's 10-yard penalty. Big freaking deal. The officiating in the NFL stinks. They have too much control over these games. Roughing the passer is a joke what they call roughing the passer anymore. I, I'm, 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 I'm disgusted. With that said, John Franklin Myers now twice this year has had brutal roughing the passer calls go against him in, that, in losses. Remember he had the one earlier in the year against Cincinnati on Joe Burrow, which was also a third down play that kept the drive alive. And, of course, Cincinnati went on to win the game 27-12. to 12. That was still Joe Flacco was the quarterback in that game. And as far as the quarterback's concerned, did he stink yesterday? Yeah. And I hope people are happy, Bob. Shoot, the fantasy guys are happy because he put up nice fantasy numbers. He threw for 355 yards and two touchdowns, right? So if you had him in fantasy, you were happy. Yeah, you don't give a damn if the Jets lost or not. Just make sure I get my stupid fantasy points. That's all that matters. I don't want him throwing 18 passes a game and winning. No. Let him throw 40 passes a game and lose as long as he puts up some nice stats in spite of the three interceptions. The play calling is freaking horrible. The play calling is horrible by Mike LaFleur. The play calling by Mike LaFleur actually is terrible. They can't, If this team is going to win and if Zach Wilson is going to be the quarterback, and look, do I, I don't know if Zach Wilson is the, is the franchise quarterback. We don't know that yet. The kid's in his second year. I mean, it doesn't look like he is. He certainly had a miserable game yesterday, took steps back. But I don't know if he is or not. He hasn't even played two full years yet. He's had a lot of injury problems, and the coaching is terrible. Let's talk about that. Mike LaFleur is a terrible, terrible offensive coordinator. They can't freaking wait to have Wilson chuck the ball. If this team's going to win, they have to run the ball. I understand Brees Hall wasn't there. I get it. They have to run the ball, right? Play as conservative as possible and then win with the defense. That's what they got to do. And it's okay to punt. You know, it's okay to go three and out as long as you don't turn the damn ball over and punt and try to win with your defense, which sacked Mac Jones six or seven times yesterday. And going back to that play with Carter with the roughing the passer play, I'll tell you right now, if that call isn't made and the Jets are up 17-3 at the half, not only would they won the game, Bill would have took freaking Jones out because where the hell was he throwing that ball? He had already thrown one pick to Michael Carter earlier in the game. He would have been out of the game for Bailey Zappi. You could take that to the bank if that play would have stood. But getting back to the quarterback and the play calling, I mean, it's LaFleur. I mean, this guy, the Jets get it. They'll get a seven-yard run, and this happened a couple times yesterday. Seven-yard run on first down, second and three. He's got to throw the ball. Got to throw on second and three. Got to throw it. Or they got to have some stupid gadget play where they try to run a reverse or whatever the hell it was with Garrett Wilson, and they get nothing out of it. Next thing you know, it's third and three. Throwing again, incomplete. Eh, punt. 
first series of the game, they did it again. They ran Carter for about five yards on first down, right? Got to throw the ball on second and five. Got to throw. Don't run again. Can't do that. Got to throw the ball. And, of course, they went three and out on that first drive, too. Now, the coaching stinks. And that's something that's hurt every quarter. Every quarterback the Jets have had since Mike's, uh, Mike, since Mark Sanchez has been hurt by the coaching. Sanchez was never coached right. Gino, when he was here, how about him? Look at what he's doing right now. What a game he had as they beat the Giants yesterday in Seattle. They're five and three and leading their division, the Seahawks. Gino is like the comeback player of the year already, without a doubt. Maybe even ahead of Saquon Barkley, as good a year as he's had. But, you know, you they, they can't wait to see this guy throw the ball. But going back to the coaching, Sanchez was never coached right. Gino was never coached right. Sam Donald was never coached right. And I'm not saying these guys were, you know, Gino's become a player now after 10 years. It's finally all kicked, kicked in with him. And we've seen this with quarterbacks before. We've seen it with Jim Plunkett. We saw it with Vinny Testaverde. We saw it with Rich Gannon. Guys who, you know, are kind of pedestrian for most of their career. And then at the end of their career, late in their career, in their 30s, it all kicks in. And they really develop themselves into damn good quarterbacks. I think that's what happened. What's, what's happened now with Gino. And, of course, it helps that he's in the right situation. But the coaching by LaFleur is terrible. They don't utilize this kid correctly. He is not an effective pocket passer. And you could say, wow, he's the second pick in the draft. So what? Does that mean? What does that mean? That means bullshit when all is said and done. That doesn't mean anything. Start utilizing the kid the right way. Get the kid out of the pocket. This is where he's the most freaking effective. Right out of the pocket and throwing the football that way. He made a play yesterday early in the game, got out of the pocket, and hit uh, Garrett Wilson, who had a big game yesterday for the Jets, over 100 yards receiving and caught six passes. Hits Garrett, Garrett Wilson for a big play for about 45, 50 yards uh, that set up a field goal. Of course, God forbid they put the ball in the end zone there. That gave him a 3 nothing lead. But he made that throw out of the pocket. That's where he's the most effective, rolling out, especially to his right, and throwing the football. And how about him running? How many times yesterday is he under pressure against New England and he refuses to run? There was a couple times he's got 10 or 15 yards ahead of him. Run! the Run! And he throws the ball up for grabs. And I blame the coaching staff for that, too, because they're telling him not to run. They're so damn worried he's going to get hurt. Every young quarterback in this league runs. Everybody. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Daniel Jones, Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields. We go right on down the line. Okay? Even Geno yesterday's running. This kid has to start. They have to start having goddamn designed runs for this freaking quarterback. And they refuse to do it. Refuse. Keep leaving him in the pocket. Uh, you know, and of course, the offensive line stunk. He's running for his life how many times yesterday? Okay, I mean, you know, let's be real. It seems like he's constantly running for his life. You know, God knows they need to get, well, look, Vera Tucker's out for the year. George Fant is coming back. So is Mitchell maybe this week against Buffalo. Huh? Buffalo this week, great. Can't wait for that disaster. Now, maybe this kid isn't the quarterback of the future. Maybe he's not. I don't know. Maybe he's not. But you know what? If he's gonna, they're going to play him this year, he's their quarterback this year, okay? 
They're not going to play Mike White, even though Mike White now finally is the backup. I guess they finally got rid of Flacco, whatever they did with him. All right? If you're not going to play Mike White, and I, if you want to, I'm in. You know, I've been in. You know how I feel about Mike White getting a chance. But I, I doubt unless Zach gets hurt, you're not going to see that happen. So if Wilson's going to be the quarterback the rest of the year, then they have to change their approach on how they how this kid is coached and how they run the offense with this kid. They have to play similar to they, what they did in the Rex Ryan years. Run the ball, run the ball, and run it again. And let the defense win the game for you, okay? Let the freaking defense win the goddamn game for you. Even if it means punting. Don't turn it over. Don't make the big mistake. You know, they're never winning with this kid throwing 40 passes a game. I'm sorry, it's not happening. Not. And you can say, well, you know, I need the, you know, I need the second pick in the draft to be this, to be that, to be whatever. Well, maybe he's not that. But if he's the quarterback right now, and he's obviously going to be the quarterback the rest of the year unless he gets hurt, I doubt they're going to go to White. I, I, I'm all for it if they did, but I doubt they're doing that. Then you got to start changing your approach to how you're playing with this kid. Roll him out, get him out of the goddamn pocket, and start having designed runs for him. That's it. But they don't want to do that. And this Mike LaFleur, you know, his brother is, is, is one of the most overrated head coaches in football. All right? Matt LaFleur. How they doing? The Packers lost again. They lost to the Bills last night. They've lost four in a row to three and five. This season's done. They're over. They're an under 500 team. They got no players. Unbelievable. You know? This guy's winning 13 games every year in the regular season and craps out every year in the playoffs. Well, now it's all going down south for you. I don't care if Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback. Brett Favre's the quarterback, or Bart Starr's the quarterback in Green Bay. Don Mikowski, it doesn't matter. They stink, and LaFleur's a terrible head coach, and his brother's a terrible freaking offensive coordinator. But Sal has got his buddy, that's his buddy, because, you know, LaFleur was his best man at the wedding, both of them, you know, I'm talking about Matt, and, you know, he's tight with Mike. Oh, Mike's my guy. Well, he stinks as an offensive coordinator. <laughs> he really does. He almost makes Paul Hackett look good. Almost. In fact, I would almost long for Hackett because we'd be playing a lot more conservative than we are. And that's what we should be freaking doing here. And what a disgrace losing to the Patriots again. And I got to see that bastard Belichick with the freaking smile on his face. 13 straight losses to New England, you know? And Woody Johnson, he's more worried. It's this terrible owner that we have. He's more worried about, oh, we got to make sure we wear those black uniforms. They should burn those goddamn black uniforms. They should have a burning of them. They win four games in a row, and I'm a big believer in karma. They win four damn games in a row wearing the white jerseys and the black pants, but nah, it's Halloween. We got to wear black. We got to wear black. <laughs> Memo to these idiots that call the shots, especially the, 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 the brutal freaking owner. You like, you like getting, you like getting, you know, just, you know, smacked around by Belichick, Woody? Huh? Are you sitting there, you know, going out to dinner with Bob Kraft? Is he sticking it up your ass every time? 13 straight times now that you've lost to this freaking team? And they're not even that good. Let's be real. This isn't, we talked about it. This isn't the Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Julian Edelman Patriots. You know, there's no Richard Seymour or Teddy Bruschi or Mike Vrabel or Asante Samuel around anymore. You know what I mean? These guys are not, Ty Law's not there anymore. Do you like it? I mean, how, how much more can you take, Woody? And like, it doesn't even seem to freaking bother him. Eh, 
Hey, we lost to the Pats again. Who cares? Me and Bob Kraft are tight. What bullshit. It is. It, it's just complete. I, I, I'm, I'm so damn disgusted. I got to see Belichick with that smirk on his face. Is anybody upset beside the fan base that they lost this goddamn game and that they've lost 13 straight to the Patriots? Not even a good. This is a, a mediocre Patriot team at best. Mac Jones stinks. Unbelievable. I'm so damn, so damn disgusted. I really am. And now they got the Bills coming up. You know, they're not, you know, forget it. They're going to be like 12-point underdogs at home. And they got no home field advantage. They really don't. I, I, uh, before I get into that, let me get the sponsors in here because I'm so damn pissed off today. I really am. I'm sorry. I'm just so pissed. All right. Start with DraftKings. Uh, again, we love the people at DraftKings. We thank them so much for being, you know, part of the program for another year. You know, if you're going to bet anything in sports or anything, DraftKings is the way to go. All right? You want to bet on football, the NFL, college, the NBA, the hockey, the World Series, which I could give a damn about, okay? Whatever you want to bet on, DraftKings is the way to go. We thank them so much for, again, being with us for another year. So check out the DraftKings. It's the way. To, it's the only way to bet. And you can bet anything, prop bets, whatever you want. You can do it anywhere from any place in the house, anywhere you are. Thank you so much for DraftKings. I need a discount tire. My son Johnny, very happy. They got a 24-0 shutout win over the Raiders yesterday. And they're right in the mix in that brutal NFC South. <laughs> Which, you know, now the Falcons are in first place at 4-4. Four and four. The Saints are only a game behind them. Crazy, crazy division there. As the uh, Saints won 24-0 over the Raiders. The Falcons pulled that game out against Carolina 37-34. So they're leading the division at 4-4. Four and four. But go see Anita Discount Tire. See my son Johnny. See his boss Harry. Do whatever you want. Take care of you. any of your car needs, anything uh, uh, with tires, the whole deal. Westwood Avenue, Rivervale, New Jersey. I need a discount, Chaya. Check out Johnny. Check out uh, Ari and everybody over there. Tell them I sent you. And, of course, the Hackensack Brewing Company. Sometime next month, we'll probably do our next live podcast. Uh, you know where it is. Ten minutes off the George Washington Bridge, less than 30 seconds off Route 4. Check the tap room out from 4.30 to 10, Monday through Friday, 2 to 10 on Saturday, 12 to 8 on Sunday, 78 Johnson Avenue in Hackensack. See my buddy Mike Jones. His Raiders are in trouble. They got shut out by New Orleans yesterday, as I mentioned, 24 nothing. Sitting there at 2 and 5. It doesn't look good for the Vegas Raiders. Great job by Josh McDaniel, huh? Coaching that team. Oh, my God. Anyway, go see Mike Jones. Uh, go see Herb. Go see TJ. Go see Andre. Everybody over there, God bless them at the Hackensack Brewing, Brewing Company. Again, 78 Johnson Avenue in Hackensack, right behind the tombstones. going to be one for me at some point, okay? Should be one for Mike LaFleur. We've had enough of him as the offensive coordinator. With that said, all right? With that said, um, we will have our next live podcast coming up at some point in November. I, I want to talk a little bit about the experience at the just horrific MetLife Stadium. The Jets are one and three at home, right? They're four and zero on the road, one and three at home. They have no home home field advantage there. It, I again, as I went to the game yesterday, I realized again why I hate to go to these games because everything around it, you know, it's not about the game. First of all, there's too many people there that are there just to be there and could really give a damn what's going on on the field. There's too much of that. People constantly in the middle of the game walking around, you know. 
it's not the old days. It's not the feel you had at Shea Stadium. It's not the feel you had even in the old Giant Stadium anymore. There's too many people that go to the game just for the sake of going. Maybe somebody said, hey, here's a ticket. You want to go to the game? Yeah, all right. They can give a shit who's playing, whatever. <laughs> and as far as the, the Patriot fans there yesterday, oh, my God. it's It was sickening how many damn Patriot fans. And that's always the situation there. You know, 25, 30% of the building is rooting for the other team. You know it's going to be the same crap with Buffalo coming in this week. It's brutal. There's no home field advantage for the Jets anymore. They got none. You know, the Giants have a real fan base, okay? But seriously, the Giants have a, a dyed-in-the-wool, you know, it's gone on for years fan base. Going back 50, 60, 70 years. Going back when they were at the Polo Grounds yet. Before they even got the Yankee Stadium. The Jets don't have that. They don't have that. The Jets should be playing in Queens. I mean, let's be real. I mean, even though it's convenient for me to go to a game because I live in Jersey, the Jets should be playing in – there should be a stadium next to City Field. That's where the Jets should be. That's where the fan base really is, Long Island, not in New Jersey. Not, you know, with their complex <clears throat> being in Florham Park, New Jersey. Why? Because the owner lives in Jersey? The brutal owner that he is? No, he is. He's pretty stinks. He's terrible. He's like I said, he's probably buying Bob Kraft in it. They're probably yucking it up, you know, on some private plane somewhere. Ah, oh, you beat me again, Bob. Ha, 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 ha. 13 in a row. We love it. I love it. I love getting it up in the ass from you, Bob. No, I do. I mean, it's unbelievable. I, I'm telling you, man. I, and like I said, going to these games, it's a freaking joke. There's no home field. There's nothing. And once that play happened with Carter, once 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 the the hosing of the roughing the passer, that was it. We could have left. My buddy Tommy Keenan and I, we could we knew the game was over. Game was over. I don't care that it was where they still were winning 10-6 at halftime. They were done. They were done. Done. You could feel the air go out of the balloon. And then the Patriots get the ball after that horrible kickoff. I don't know if Braden Mann fell or whatever the hell happened to him, where he's like pooch kicking it to the 40-yard line. And then the Patriots go right down the field for the touchdown to take the lead 13-10. And, and, you know, well, the game was over before that. You know, and then Wilson went on his uh, interception fest. Uh, this team is 5-3. and three. They're still right in the mix, okay? They're right in the mix. But they're going to have to win one of these next two games. They're going to have to be 6-4 and four after they play New England uh, the week after the bye in Foxborough. I don't know how to beat Buffalo next week. Nobody's going to give them a chance. They're going to be like 10-point underdogs at home. Buffalo's sitting there at 6-1. and one. You know, it's going to be the impossible task. Like I said, we'll be waiting for Wilson to throw 10 picks in that game, right? But if you play close to the vest and run the damn ball and keep their offense off the field and let your defense try to win the game, maybe you can win that game because nobody's going to expect you to will. I am so disgusted today. No, really, I, I, I am. I'm so tired of losing to the Patriots. I can't stand this. I can't stand we don't have any home field advantage. And let's be honest, this is not our stadium. They can make it as green as they want. They could put all the guys up in the ring of honor. By the way, so far... They put Mangold up in the ring of honor against Cincinnati. They lost that game. They put the Brickashaw up in the ring of honor yesterday. They lost that game. All right? Just saying. Just pointing that out. But they could make it as green as they want to make that damn place, and it's never going to be a home field for us. It's still the Giant Stadium. That's their stadium. 
We don't have a stadium. We haven't had one. We've really never had one because even when we were in Shea Stadium, it was the Mets stadium. And the Mets dictated everything. Remember the year after the Jets won the Super Bowl, when the Mets were in the World Series in 1969, the Jets played the first six games of the year on the road. Think about that. First six because of the Mets. They've never had, and I'm obviously I'm a Met fan, but still, they've never had their own stadium. Never. Disgraceful. Disgraceful. That was a disgraceful loss yesterday. And maybe this quarterback isn't the guy. And he might not be. I don't know. Maybe he's not. Maybe we're going to have to come up with another quarterback. I don't know. Maybe the answer is to play Mike White. Maybe you should give Mike White a chance. I doubt they're going to do it. But if Zach Wilson's going to be the quarterback the rest of the year, they got to start reining in the freaking, they got to rein it in. And they got to play extreme ground and pound conservative freaking football. All right? Even if that means punting. Punting is good. Interceptions are not. And start playing defense. And defense didn't play bad yesterday. But they left stuff out there. And obviously, John Franklin Myers has killed the Jets this year with two massive roughing the passer penalties. And that penalty yesterday cost him the game. You could say whatever you want about Wilson and how bad he was. No. The roughing the passer call on John Franklin Myers cost the Jets the game yesterday. That's the bottom line. You could talk about the interceptions all you want. You know, you could talk about Belichick and his whatever you want to talk about. Special teams stunk. We went through that. The offensive line stunk. We went through that. They lost this game because of the roughing the passer call on John Franklin Myers. Case closed. All right, we're going to break here. We're going to come back with a little more because I got something I got to say about this Elijah Moore disaster. We'll talk about All right, Beningo, back with the Oda Payne podcast. Uh, I got a couple extra, like, like as we always talk about when I do extra time, it's like soccer, right? The game's over, but there's more time, and you never really know how much time. So, I, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's horrible. Anyway, I got to talk about, let me say my sponsors again. Don't forget, we're sponsored by DraftKings. I need a discount tire and Hackensack Brewing Company. Throw them names in again. The Elijah Moore thing. Trade the guy now. The trade deadline is tomorrow. Get him out of here. You get a third-round pick minimum for him. There's a lot of teams that need receivers. The Giants do. The Packers do. Trade him out of the freaking conference. Get him out. Get rid of him now. Obviously, this guy, he, I mean, I didn't even, I didn't even know he was on the field yesterday. I, I, guess they th- I guess Wilson threw one pass to him that he didn't catch. He never seems open. Something's going on. He was mouthing off again after the game, saying stuff about after the game about, I don't know, about, you know, his chemistry with Zach, whatever you want to say. They should have traded him after he mouthed off after the Packer game. They should have got rid of him then instead of making nice with him. Robert Sala telling you how much we love him. Oh, we love Elijah. He's so wonderful. Well, he don't love you. He wants out. Get rid of him now. The trading deadline's tomorrow. I want this guy off the team. By by uh, whenever whatever the time is tomorrow to make to, to make a trade, trade them. You'll get a third round pick minimum, maybe even higher than that. You might. Obviously, he's not part of the team. Obviously, they don't want to throw him the ball. Maybe there's more going on behind the scenes than we realize with this guy. I don't know. But it's time to get rid of him. He's not doing anything on the field for this team. He, he's he's mouthing off about wanting to be traded. Trade him. 
They should have traded him after the Packer game instead of trying to, you know, make it make it a love fest with the guy. Get rid of him now. Now. Get something for him right now. You'll get at least a third-round pick for this guy. Joe. Joe Douglas. Make it happen. All right. I'm out of here. I've had enough. I'm ticked off. I'm pissed off. My team lost again to the goddamn Patriots, 13 in a row. They've been getting their asses handed to them for over 20 years by this franchise. And I'm telling you, I'm fed up with it. I'm every Jet fan that's a real Jet fan, and there's a lot that aren't, you know, that they say they are and they're really not, whatever. A lot of them are at MetLife Stadium every week, <laughs> whatever. Um, I'm disgusted. We'll talk to you on Friday. We'll do our NFL picks on Friday. Didn't have a great day yesterday. Went two and three on the picks. Uh, got a cover with the Carolina game. Didn't get a cover with the Buffalo game, but whatever. Two and three last week. So we'll see what happens. We'll talk to you on Friday. Everybody have a great Halloween. Trick or treat. Well, yesterday for the two New York football teams, it certainly was trick. Talk to you Friday.